This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mmm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 186 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and this week I'm with Gaz. How are you doing my good man? Are you well? Yeah, Uh, well no actually I'm not. I'm feeling um, poorly at the minute. Look, yeah. you can see on the camera, no one else can. Look at these bags around my eyes. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I um, uh, We'll talk about it. I don't want to jump straight into it, but I, I did a little thing on Sunday. Uh, but at the end of last week, I'd got a cold and I kind of dosed up on ibuprofen and paracetamol, got through Sunday fine, and then woke up Monday and like, all right, okay. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to nurse myself gently through to Friday. <laughs> I was going to say, who'd have thought it? You know, you, you put your body through stress when you're not feeling very well. And when you when you come to wake back up from it, it doesn't feel very good. I know, I know. The human body, it's a, it's a shocker. It's a Sorry, disaster. My, my sound's not very high and I've got no idea how to turn the sound up on a flipping Mac. <laughs> Gary is. has just updated his, upgraded his laptop, everybody. And it's, uh, it's going well, as you can tell. Well, I've, I've been, I've always been a laptop windows man i used to have a running joke with a friend of mine called uh john challenge who funnily enough i met up with for the first time in a couple of years on on sunday um and the joke went like this how do you know if somebody has a mac they'll tell you how do you know if somebody has an iphone they'll tell you exactly apple no, the, users the, the, the counter shush, to that shush shush there is no counter to that there is shush. a counter to that go on what's the counter to that the counter is how do you know somebody is an android user they will tell you they don't have an iPhone. Ah, well, that's yeah. Well, I don't have an iPhone, so um, so I've always avoided Mac. I don't like a company that kind of says, "Here's your laptop." What you want USB ports? No, you'll have to spend another fifty quid on that. Um, or you know, oh, what, you want your computer to talk to the hard drive that you've been using on Windows? You can't do that. I'm afraid it's got to be you know, it's it's like its own little foreign language. It's like a clique. Apple users are like a cult member. 
That's what it is. Like cult members who think that they are better. Apple just works. No, it doesn't work. I know it doesn't work because I've spent two hours today constantly trying to get my laptop turned up. And every time I turn it up, it gets turned down again. Somebody tells me closing the lid doesn't just shut it down. So I close the lid on the laptop, shuts my laptop down. The battery's fine. Close my lid on the Mac, leave it overnight. The battery runs out. Oh, God. And it's so user unfriendly. Why are the things to close little windows down in the top left corner? Every, everyone else says it in the top right corner. That's what I was taught at school. You don't have Macs at school. You have laptops. Do you know what? I spent genuinely like a day last week. because It's a company Mac, and I'm ever so grateful for it because it's brand new and it's shiny, and I like brand new shiny things. Um, and, and it arrived and I put it to one side like I don't want to use it because I'm just I'm going to get frustrated and then Ash, Ash might be listening but kind of my boss messaged me and, and, and was like um, how are you getting on with the Mac and I've got Hubstaff which takes screenshots and sends it off every kind of 10 minutes so I knew that he would know that I wasn't using the Mac so I felt under pressure the next day to use the Mac tell you something it was yeah, honestly it was like a baby trying to drive uh, a uh, fucking 22 wheel though if you get 22 wheel there's a big truck i was just like looking at it in bewilderment going i don't know what to do now i don't know what to do i may as well just have opened the fridge door and slam my head in it 10 times an hour every hour <laughs> see i've just been sitting here chuckling because i used to use a mac for everything um and obviously use windows for my day job and it's like i'd yeah, I, I get it. Like people use what you want to use, and like if I, at this point, like I won't use a Mac because my my PC is a gaming PC, and you don't really get many games on Macs. And I replaced my Mac laptop with an iPad because I didn't need it for much else. And it's like, yeah, I I, I used to be a bit of a hardcore Apple fanboy, but uh, not so much anymore because I've, I've grown I, out of that. Can I share? Right, uh, this is this is going to be absolutely terrible um, podcasting. But I don't know if I can share uh, a screen. Let me just have a look. Share screen. Right. So so can you see? Oh, bollocks. It's all right. I haven't got permission, have I? Because I haven't got permission on anything at all um, on the Mac. I keep trying to do basic things. And it keeps telling me, you can't do that. You've got to go in here. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. I can't even share my screen to ask you why the hell I've got everything, all these icons that don't lead to anything on my desktop. They're not like shortcuts. I, I, oh. Anyway, should we talk about football? Because it, yeah, because I, I look feel at you less frustrating. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel you're just going to get angrier and angrier as it goes on. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about football. Uh, Saturday, obviously, away at Port Vale, um, a game that was of few chances um, and the, the outcome was that I think they took theirs. We didn't take any of ours and it was, you know, it was slightly frustrating to come away with a, a, a loss. Um, you know, I, I said on the podcast last week that I, I felt that they are a team with the kind of consistency that we want to be aiming for um, and like the stability. Obviously they've come up from league two, but they seem to be, what are you looking at me like that for? No, sorry, Karen, um, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, you know, so that they've come up, and I think they they have a, a layer of consistency there. Um, didn't have a huge amount of squad churn over the summer, from what I can tell. Um, but I, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a difficult game, and going into it, we we set up the same way. 
uh, as we have done against uh, the likes of you know Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday and, and Barnsley. Um, and we didn't really get out of maybe third gear. Um, yeah, it was just a bit of a frustrating afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, not as frustrating as listening to you talk about that while on my screen, all of a sudden some windows that I didn't know I'd still got open popped up. I lost you and I basically got the rundown of Whitten Albion's 1993-94 conference relegation season on my screen. And then when it went, I had two blank screens, but I could still hear you talking. Max, ah, oh, they don't work properly. And what didn't work properly on Saturday, quite right, I think was our setup. Um, our XG was 0.19. That's rubbish. Uh, that's that's really really poor we created very very little um there is a feeling that we should be beating teams like port vale that's arrogance nothing more mm-hmm. nothing less port vale a tenth a tenth for a reason there are bubbers they might not have been bubbers on saturday uh, when we went into the game but there are bubbers now um there's, there's there's a mini league within this division and and it starts at the moment for me at Port Vale in tenth, and then you've got Port Vale, Exeter, Wickham, Us, Shrewsbury, Fleetwood, Bristol Rovers, Oxford, Cambridge, Cheltenham, Accrington. They're the teams that we're going to be in and around. So it was disappointing to go there, um, and I'm not going to say it's disappointing to go there and lose. It was disappointing to go there and not have a go and lose, and we did. And mm-hmm. we had two shots, one on target. Um, it was more or less the same as what we did at Barnsley, I would, I would say, except the one chance we created wasn't as good and it, it wasn't taken as well. Um, we, we were better at Barnsley, but we still only had one shot on target. So do you know what I mean? Um, it was just disappointing. It was just one of those afternoons where could have, could still be playing now and we weren't going to score. We didn't have an idea. I think as soon as Danny Mandrew went off, you thought, well, it's going to be 0-0 yeah. now. Um, and that's not that we don't look like scoring in games because we do. Uh, we we don't pour all over teams. Just Joe, you know what? I think the fans, a large group of fans, over underestimated Port Vale. But mm-hmm. I think I said it was the most obvious result. I thought uh, Pete suddenly messaged me and said, the most obvious result of the weekend. You've been on such a good run. You were always going to go and lose at Port Vale. And so it came to pass. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be one of those you know, games where we'd nick a draw or a similar thing, you know, soak up the pressure and, and go and get a go and get a goal like we did at Barnsley. But, th- I mean, there, there didn't seem to be a huge amount of pressure in the same way. You know, it kind of, neither team, from what I can, well, what I can remember of it, seemed to create a huge amount. Um, you're probably going to prove me wrong with, wrong with some stats. Um, I mean, looking at it here, actually, yeah, Port Vale had 15 shots, but it's it didn't feel like we were under a huge amount of pressure. And then, obviously, you know, the goal came and, and then and that right was on the wall at that point. I didn't think we'd get anything out of the last 20 minutes or so of the game. So We were tight. Um, we, we kept it tight enough to draw the game. Yeah. Um, but we still conceded 17. It says 17 shots on Y Scout. But do you know what? five shots on target and it was who was it the other week it was it, it was Sheffield Wednesday 16 shots three on target Ipswich mm. 31 shots five on target we're going to come on to Accrington where we were caught where we said that we weren't good enough and we had seven shots on target so we had more shots on target in the draw with Accrington than Port Vale did when they beat us and Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday did when they supposedly mauled us so Look, I, I, many years ago, I used to play a bit of FIFA against a mate of mine, Kirky. And if it was a draw, we used to go to who had had the most shots. 
Um, if you just hammer the shoot button from 50 yards and it goes <laughs> flying over, no, is it serious? It's a shot. Yeah, yeah. And then people will go on afterwards and go, oh, poor Bale had 17 shots, five on target. They must have been all over you. I never felt we were going to concede until we did. And I didn't feel that we'd concede another afterwards. And that's no. not they were the, that's not kind of a slur on them. They were the better team. They controlled possession better. They were more accurate with their passing. They showed more attacking intent. But it wasn't attacking intent that I ever felt worried by. And, mm. and do you know what? I didn't against Ipswich. Sheffield Wednesday, not quite so much. I thought that they might score a few. But, but Ipswich they had lots of play. They had lots of shots. But there were pot shots that were from here, there and everywhere. So actually, you're right in that it didn't feel like either team particularly created a lot. The stats say that they did and we didn't. But actually, the one, one effort that we did um, create, which was the uh, – it's disappeared off my screen now – was the Jordan Garrick effort. Mm-hmm. And do you know what that that was? That was an XG of I mean it says zero point zero four, so it sounds like it was low. But actually, do you know what? If he takes it on, if he can get through, it, it was at a decent opportunity. Whereas you took Port Bale's XG of zero one uh, one point four five, so technically that you know their one goal was 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 worth it. But there was very few of their efforts, bar their goal, that was classed as better than Jordan Garrick's. And that, do you know. There's two trains of thought. We're either eventually stop, going to stop being clinical and then the one or two efforts on target that we do have, uh, we're not going to score and we're going to plummet down the league. Or we're going to continue to carve out one or two good chances every game and no more and continue to score those games and actually and score those goals. And actually, if we keep things tight at the back and don't concede, then we're going to be laughing. And when you look at it, I think all month, I don't think there was a game bar Bolton where we conceded more than two goals. Mm. Prior to that, Bolton we conceded two, Doncaster we conceded two, Bristol Rovers we conceded three, Cambridge we conceded two, Fleetwood we conceded two, Barrow we conceded two, Peterborough four. We've got a real problem with defence. People say we've got a problem with defence. We go to Port Vale, we look tight, we keep it tight. Everyone say we've got a problem going forward. Mm. I'm not saying it was in any way satisfactory, but I'd rather be not conceding goals and not scoring goals than I would be conceding loads of goals because at least then you've always got a chance of nicking a result. I'm not putting a spin on it, by the way. We were shit on Saturday. There isn't any any <laughs> getting around it. But I'd yeah. rather be shit and lose 1-0 and keep it tight and dour than be shit and lose 4-0 and not look like we're scoring as well. So it's a step in the right direction, even if it didn't feel like it. Yeah, and I mean, it, this, this sort of goes back to a conversation that um, I think it stemmed from... Uh, uh, Rob Makepeace putting something out about the um, about walking back to the car after the game last night. Would you prefer to see it as seven unbeaten, or you know, however many it is without a win? Um, and uh, Jack um, Mulhall sort of picked up on it and um, started talking. You know, Mark Home got involved as well, and I think the response from um, from Adam Adam Leader said, uh, "If you gave me the choice of being hard to beat but not exciting, or scoring three goals and losing games, I know which I'd rather be." And I think that's a fair comment to make. You know, I'd, I'd sooner be, I'd sooner be not, you know, being difficult to beat rather than having a, you know, a game where we're free scoring and being on the other end, for example, of the Bristol Rovers score the other week. Um, yeah, we've moved on to Akron's in here, though, haven't we? I mean, Port Vale with. Yeah, sorry, beat. But, yeah. So, yeah, I, sorry, I, I just kind of. It was, it was just thinking, picking. Yeah. It was picking up on the point, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I mean, I think to cap Paul Vale off, it was a bad day at the office. And yeah. it was the worst performance in October. 
and after as soon as we beat Barnsley, and so we beat Barnsley, we beat it, which we draw with Sheffield Wednesday, we've drawn with Charlton, we should have, have drawn with Bolton. You know, and it was a good run. We were on an unbeaten run. It was just it was almost inevitable. It was mm. it really was. If I had to bring anything into question, it would be team selection because we actually have a relatively decent squad at the moment. Mm-hmm. Key areas we're lacking in, but we have a relatively decent squad. I seem to think that there was one change, which was Walsh Jackson swapping round. Um, Sanders and Virtue still in midfield. You've got Davenport, he's up for fitness. I mean, Sorensen came in last night, which we're going to talk about. You've got Vernon, you've got Jamie Robson for Sean Rowan, potentially. You've got Regan Paul for TJ Ioma. You could shuffle about at the back. I just felt that actually by the time we got to Port Vale, we didn't, it wasn't that we looked tired. It's just that I felt there might be an element of fatigue. We only made one change. We didn't make any subs, if I remember correctly, against Sheffield Wednesday. I think we only made a a couple against, but it it wasn't, it isn't like we're going, we were going into games, last 10 minutes of games, thinking about what's coming up in the future. And I, I felt that a little bit. I felt that Port Vale was a little bit a bridge too far. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah, I just and and that I think is also to a degree going to be reflected in last night, which we'll talk about in a minute. And look, that's not me being critical, by the way, of, of Mark Kennedy, because when we were chopping and changing left, right, and centre and losing rhythm on the field, people were critical of Michael Appleton. But mm. I do just think that there was there's potential there. The trouble is the areas that actually we need cover, sent centre forward almost definitely. We don't have it. And so then there's an awful lot on Ben House um, yeah. and, and he can look a little isolated. It's not the fact that Ben House isn't a good player. He can't impose himself on games. I just think when he's working so hard, you look nearly every other team we play, 60, 65, 70 minutes, they bring a centre forward on. Mm. We can't do that. We can't. We bring Jordan Garrick on. He's not a centre forward. We haven't got a centre forward. People going, give Freddie Draper a run out. Exactly a year ago, we had this same issue it was either Dan Lundlew or Freddie Draper. Dan Lundlew wasn't doing it. Ben House is better than him at the moment in terms of impact. And Freddie Draper was putting a lot on his shoulders. He wasn't getting an opportunity. And unfortunately, it is that transfer window um, is kind of issue coming around to bite us on the bomb, I think. yeah. Here's a saving... Yeah, I, mean, gra- go I was going to say, I, th- I think, to be honest with you, I've, I've been actually quite impressed with Ben House. Um, and his performances recently. Hard. You know, even though he's even though he's not, you know, gotten too many goals, he's he's putting himself about quite a lot and I think um he's I think he's one of the ones that not necessarily is immune from the criticism but I haven't seen a lot of people dragging him through the mud at the minute because people can see that his work rate is high and he's he's doing you know he's doing the right things so because he's a because he's a he's a he's a not a heavyweight striker playing a heavyweight striker's role yeah yeah and when, I think um I think when you have you know like you say, when when you have somebody that's playing in the nine role being replaced by somebody that that doesn't do that week in week out, and that's not his natural role, and that's not his natural position um, in the form of Jordan Garrick. It's it's not that you know Garrick's a bad player; it's that he's that's not where he plays, you know. And it was it was a difficult thing for him to do. Yeah, do you know what? I mean, we're coming back onto Accrington, I know again, and so it's almost like we're teasing around the edge a bit, um, but. I disagree a little bit because Jordan Garrick has played centre forward for Plymouth in the past. He can play centre forward, um, but he isn't the big burly centre forward. He's not, or he hasn't mm. shown at the moment 
he's the Tom Hopper type. And when you're playing as we do with three at the back and two wing backs, and you can dress it up as a three four three if you want, but it feels very much at times like a, a flat back five when we're away. You've yeah. got to have a striker who holds up the ball. And John Akindi yeah. got absolute pelters for us, right, all the time. But what you could do with John is pump it to him and occasionally he would chase it. But if it went near him, he would get it. Okay, he wouldn't move very far with it at times, but he'd just hold the ball up a little bit. And at that mm-hmm. point, you could start coming out. And, and you do we had it with Matt Reed. You know, Reedy never ran with the ball, but you put it near him and he brought it down and he could buy you five or ten seconds. And that's a long time on the football field um, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're, you're coming out correctly. And that's not Ben House. Um, and he, yeah. he fights really well. He does. He, he puts himself about an awful lot. Um, and, and look, we'll come on to talk about Accrington, I'm sure, but you know, it'd be interesting to have a look, and I'll do it um, well, while you segue, uh, what Ben House's aerial jewels were last night in terms of not how many he had to contest, because it'll be a lot, but how many he actually won, because it won't mm. be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's let's wrap up on, on Vale, because like I said, it, it wasn't... It, it wasn't the best performance, but it, it wasn't the worst performance at all. Um, you know, I just think it was, like you say, it was a bad day there. at the office. Yeah, well, yeah, but, it, you know, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't exactly 6-0 at home to Oxford, was it? You know, that sort of level. of It wasn't like the Peterborough game earlier on in the season, um, you know. But, um, yeah, a disappointing afternoon. Um, and then it kind of allowed us to prepare for, for, for Tuesday, which I think going into it, we all had a little chat before the game and I think we all sort of said we could sense a draw and nobody was that confident, were they? That's exactly it. Um, it had draw written all over it for me. They'd lost five on the bounce, but when you look at the um, the games that they'd lost, it, you know, they, they were against decent sides. Accrington mm. aren't a decent side. Accrington no. are the worst side I've seen at Sinsel Bank in a long while. Um, probably mm. as far back as, I don't know, Accrington last season, um, <laughs> well, no, Doncaster to be fair, they came to us with a game plan which was to spoil, to disrupt um, and they were playing against what looked like a hybrid Lincoln City uh, with uh, the strange phenomenon of Joe Walsh and Adam Jackson playing together in the same team. They've only It was only the 12th game that they've both started for Lincoln, the 12th game out of a potential 135. So only 8% of the time that they've been at the club have they managed to start a game at the same time. And it's only marginally more than when they've actually played together as well. Um, Charles Vernon not really had much of a look in, was probably not a surprise starter, because I think that Garrick does have a little bit more flexibility when coming off the bench. Uh, But that was interesting. And last starting... um, Last started the season well. I think he's tailed off a little bit. I think we saw that again last night. For me, it, when I saw the team, I was less confident than I was going into it because I thought we looked like we lack a little bit in midfield. Um, hadn't seen an awful lot of Charles. We didn't really know how Jamie Robson and Regan Paul would play as wing backs. The answer is really well, actually, which mm-hmm. we'll come on to, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, we weren't confident. Uh, the result suggests that we were right, uh, but actually people will be critical of the performance. I actually thought we played all right, especially in the second half. And I thought we did enough to win the game. Uh, and for once, the XG stats actually backed me up as well. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the first half sort of had an air of the Charlton game about it. It didn't feel like it was the most scintillating 45 minutes of football. Um, not a huge amount happened. Uh, and then came out in the second half. And like you, I, I thought we probably did enough to win it. 
um, weren't necessarily helped by Mr. Joyce, um, who <laughs> at one point I I I cannot get my head round why when the keeper was taking about a week to go and pick the ball up, um, why he decided to bookmark Kennedy rather than the goalkeeper who was very. Oh yeah, no, we had to do that. We had to do that. That's within the rules. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. It's the right decision. Mark Kennedy can't enter the field of play. It's up to the referee to control the goalkeeper. It's up to the referee to book the goalkeeper for, yeah, for, for Mark. Yeah, that booking was not a problem. I've got no problem with Matty Virtue's booking in the first half either. He no, I, that, that, the there was a few people that were really annoyed about that around me. And I just said, well, look, it, he's he's pushed, he's, he's thrown the ball away. Like, And they were like, oh, yeah, but that's, you know, that's not... Um, that's not a repeat offence. It doesn't matter. Like if you throw the ball away, it's in the rules. It's a yellow card. It has been for God knows how many years. Um, my my but, problem with Ross Joyce was with not punishing fouls, not pushing punishing yep. holding. Yep. Um, there was he bought a foul in the first half, and I, I'd, I'm going to try and find a replay of it at some point. But their boy was running across the pitch, and he threw his legs in front of it. It might have been Charles Vernon. And took a foul that he just bought. It was just and yeah. and how he's done it, how he's bought the foul. It, it just had me absolutely incensed. And then mm-hmm. the, the shenanigans. It might be called handbags. I don't know if you're allowed to call it handbags or not. Um, where Ethan Hamilton went down. I mean, I suppose there's not an awful lot he can do. But oh my lord, honestly. Do it. And but the thing is, it was a crap first half. Um, we had one shot saved. They had a couple of efforts on target, but they were poor, poor efforts. It, it just, I thought that we controlled the game as much as we could, but we had no finesse in midfield. And people yeah. will criticise the forwards. I'll say we didn't create enough. Actually, it's I, I said it on the dog walk video this morning. It's all about how you support your forwards, and the midfields weren't offering in my opinion, an awful lot of support at all. And I'm not just going to jump on Lass, um, but I just his first instinct every time he got the ball was not even sideways, it was backwards. I've got no problem with the ball going backwards. Not going to start criticising us for playing back and retaining possession. I am when we're trying to move forwards and there is passes on. Mm. The number of times, Jamie Robson. I have this yes. thing with my dog, and, and yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I'll let you in in a minute. I have this thing with my dog where I take a toy out and I pretend to throw it, and then I don't throw it, but I make the noise as it goes through the air, and my dog goes charging off after it. It's halfway down the garden, turns around, has this disappointed look that I haven't thrown, and he comes all the way back, and I do it again. And Jamie Robson just looked like my dog, running after a toy that hadn't been thrown all game long. Yeah. yeah. 60% of those times, the ball wasn't on, but the 40% that it was, we weren't always playing it. And him and Diamond were getting in. Diamond seemed to be getting in Jamie Robson's way. For me, Jamie Robson was almost man of the match last night. I thought he was superb. Yeah, I mean, I I probably uh, agree mostly. I, I mean, I thought um, I thought Charles Vernon had a, a decent game as well last night, but we'll, we'll come on to that. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I think that that was slightly frustrating to see at points where Jamie Robson's you know running at something and, and Jack Diamond's there, and it was almost like they both wanted to kind of impact the game in the same way, and that they weren't allowing each other to do it. At, at points, which was a bit, I'll say, a bit frustrating. But no, I agree with you that there were several moments where you could see um, Robson running through, um, and the, the pass was on. And then by the time you know the, the the moment had passed, he was about seven or eight yards offside. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on the on the midfield side of things. Um, but 
yeah, I, the second half we you know we came out and it, it felt if there was going to be a, a team you know a team that won it last night, it was it was probably going to be us. Um, it was just I think there was probably one or two decent saves um, from uh, from Accrington's keeper, and I think there was maybe one or two wasted opportunities. Um, and then a soft goal to concede, and it was evident, wasn't it? With the you know the, that goal, it, I'm not coming could... on to that goal yet. You've jumped far too ahead. How, no, but I'm, what, okay. what, have we gone on to the final minute? You've you skipped the entire <laughs> second half. I've just sent you a video of a foul complaining against Ross Joyce. I've looked up and the game's over, Ben. Come on, <laughs> because let, let's break it down properly. Let's uh, you know we're, we're not jumping to that. I mean, we came out in the second half. Yeah. And for the first fifth, have you seen that video? By the way, I have, and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's the one for the read. I'll try and put it maybe on Twitter for people to look at. But their player has literally jumped into Charles Vernon, and the ref has yeah. given a free kick. And it yeah. is, it's not even, it's not even negotiable for me. It's a booking for simulation. It's yeah. got to be how he's given it an official referee, and you can see on the replay. And I'll try and put it on my Twitter. But you can see on the replay, it is literally. Right in front of him, it it's happens two yards away from circle. him, isn't it? Yeah, he, he stood there anyway. Um, so we came out the second half. I thought that they were a shambles, Accrington, when they came out in the second half. Mm-hmm. I thought that I'm not going to go as far as to say disgrace, uh, but because I, I was angry already with, with Ethan Hamilton for his arsing about and pretending to go down and pretending to have been hit in the face, it was it was it was a shameful move from him, and I had respect for the player before that. But at one point, I think they had three people down and they were claiming cramp yeah. after like 50 minutes. Um, I thought Doug Tharm was lucky to stay on the field for what looked at first glance like a forearm smash on Ben House. I've looked at the replay. Booking was probably correct. Um, ben would have been one-on-one, but he was middle of the pitch. It's not a direct goal-scoring opportunity, but it was a cynical foul. They were committing cynical fouls all game, holding, pulling, pushing, which Joyce didn't didn't um, kind of buy. And, and I just thought, you know, this is just awful. If we don't get a goal soon, it's just going to be one of those awful spectacles. And then we did. And OK, it was a penalty, but it was a well-worked move. Doug Tharm's the aggressor again. It's a deliberate trip. Um, it, it, he's clipped him. I think it's outside the area, if I'm honest. I don't think it's a penalty. I think if you look at it back on slow motion, the first contact's outside the area. But it's a booking. Tharm should walk. Yep. Now, the question is, would you take a penalty and no booking or the sending off? I, d- I don't know. Um, for me, well, I think it, we, we discussed this in our group chat, didn't we? We said about the the, the double jeopardy rule. As yeah, it, it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply here because it's not a straight red. I mean, the argument is that it it could be a straight red. You, you, if, no. if you want to get down to it and say, oh, he could be the last man, but no, it wasn't the last uh, man. There was, yeah, definitely not for me. Yeah, but I, I think the argument for you know it not being a yellow card is is non-existent and quite yes, how. Yeah quite how we ended up with three yellow cards apiece last night is beyond me. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry, Atkinson did get four. Uh, one of the substitutes got booked as well. But it just seemed, like you say, they, they were time-wasting. They were, you know, being cynical all over the pitch. And I think there was there was another moment um, where I think we went to clear it and their player basically stood in front of... Um, of one of our defenders and, and fell over and the ref gave a free kick. It's like, how is that? How is that a free kick? Like it's, if we've got possession of the ball and somebody else comes at us, how is it? A free, oh, anyway, it, there's some baffling decisions last night, but 
Yeah, um, and the thing is, the yellow card, the second yellow card would have impacted the game because of penalty yep. and the sending off. But like I said, I'm not entirely sure it was a penalty. And my first instinct when I've watched it back is Ross Joyce has awarded the penalty. As he's walked through, three or four of their players have come up and pointed it's outside the area. I think at that point it's gone through his mind. I'm not going to send him off for that. And he knew yeah. he'd already booked him. And if you listen to the Under the Cosh podcast, and I can't think of the referee, it's not Jeff Winter. They did one with another referee, Ken Lynch, I think it is. And it was brilliant because Ken Lynch admits if you think you'd made a mistake, you sometimes would e- not even it up. But like, so if you weren't sure whether it was a goal kick or a corner and you've awarded the corner and instantly you think, I fucked up there, they'd blow for a foul as soon as the ball came in. And that would mm. be that because you'd kind of not even it up, but you would make a decision that would lessen the impact of the wrong decision you've made. I'm not saying Ross Joyce definitely did that, um, but I would hope he did because if he decides that it's not a second yellow and a red, he's incompetent. And although the rest of the uh, um, match suggests he is, <laughs> um, it shouldn't have made a difference. We put the penalty away. It's 1 0. We get the wind in our sails. Um, you know, Jack Diamond then goes through probably puts the ball anywhere other than the keeper's chest. It's 2-0 and get your game over. Yeah. Um, Jamie Robson, you know, he, he, Jamie struck it first time and it's a decent effort and I'm not going to criticise him for having a shot on goal, but actually you just wonder with all the space he's got if there was another option, I don't know. There was a good effort again. You know, We were putting plenty of corners in under the crossbar. You want one of our big men to get the headers on it. I thought the spell after the goal for about 75 minutes... Thought this is it now. I was, I was almost looking at the. I never look at the league table, but it got seventy five minutes, and I thought, do I look at the league table? And then we just began to sit off a little bit. And yeah. I, and once House came off for Garrick, and I thought Garrick, yeah, I, I, he didn't have an awful lot of impact. I would like to have seen us put some extra legs in midfield, which we didn't do. And then it's one one naive mistake. Now, question: I, I may have missed it, but Mark Kennedy was talking about a naive mistake that a player made. For the goal. I I haven't had a chance to catch up with the post match stuff yet, um, so I'm not entirely sure what that naive mistake may have so been. He, he called something youthful enthusiasm, but I was dropping Dave off, and Dave was getting out of the car as I said it, uh, as he said it, and I've watched it back. I don't know if he thinks of it as uh, he blamed youthful enthusiasm. So. Uh, so, yeah, it says, uh, so he puts the goal is youthful enthusiasm to come and be a hero. When Jordan Wright comes and punches the ball, the lad for them who has the ball is high up towards the halfway line where it's impossible to score from. Uh, we come steaming out of the box instead of just standing up and forcing them back. We run past the ball and he plays it to a teammate who's 15 yards higher. I think he's blaming Lass Sorensen for the goal now when you watch the replay. I think that that's what he's saying. Now, Lass didn't I've said it before he didn't have a good game last night um I thought he played some kind of some, some fairly weak passes I think had we not had Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday and Max Sanders starts alongside Matty Virtue I think we'd probably do better in the game last night I think if we trusted Jacob Davenport to come in if Tash and Oakley Booth had been fit we might have had a bit more creativity Booth and uh, Oakley Booth and Ted Bishop are the two most creative midfielders that we've got Mm-hmm. in an attacking sense I think we're, we're missing that at the moment so yeah, yeah I, I don't want to jump on last because he's an easy target he works hard I don't like him as one as, in a two-man midfield I can see him in a three where yeah. he's got a little bit more where where there's a, a dedicated six and a dedicated eight let's say or whatever you want to call them defensive midfield and attacking midfield I can see him being a join and a link between that but 
Um, I don't I don't see him as part of a two. I think that the, the central midfield was was where we we didn't lose the game, where we lost control of the game yesterday. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and I've just looked back at the uh, at the, the highlights and the, the replay of the goal, and I think you're right. Um, it's the way that he comes out and he leaves the man on the right wing to to receive the pass and obviously put the cross in. So, yeah. but um, I would also say the cross can still be defended. So yes. I'm not. You don't blame Last for that in the same way that Sean Rowan got blamed for Bolton or Adam Jackson for giving no, the penalty away. Bolton. Um, it was. Not. It was an error, but there was opportunities to then stop the cross. And I think it's Jamie Robson coming out who was unable to stop the second ball, the cross coming in. And then we haven't defended it particularly well either. So, um, but yeah, I think it it starts probably with Lash. You just need to stand them up in that position and hmm. too but, committed. Yeah, I mean, I think to to sort of put a maybe a little bit of a bow on it, um, I think the the feeling coming away from it was that it it was a game that we should have won. I know you said about people underestimating Port Vale and saying that we should have won the game going into it, but I think looking at the, you know the way that Accrington were and the way that they played last night, I think that was a game that we should have won. It is definitely two points dropped in my opinion, um, but. Um, yeah, but that's not arrogant, Ben, because you're talking about having seen the game, so you're quite right. That's mm. not arrogant as in going into it, going, these are the games we should be winning. It's coming out of it, going, that's a game we should have won. And you're quite right. We shouldn't have won on Saturday based on the post-match yeah. because of the way they played. But you're, yeah, I'm, I'm backing you up here. You're quite right. It's not arrogant. We should have won that game. Yeah. Because um, they were shit. And if they're not in the bottom four at the end of the season, I'll, they, they will need some serious improvement. Serious improvement if they're to avoid relegation on that sort of performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, disappointing. But and I, I don't want to sound like the, you know, the one that's just got the red and white glasses on. But there are positives to take from October. You know, ultimately, we've taken eight points in the league from teams that, on paper, we not didn't necessarily have a right to take any points from. Um, we've played Saturday, Tuesday all month. And we've come away with you know some very decent results, and Not I think you're right. When you... we have had a, we have had a Tuesday off, I think haven't we? We didn't uh, play. I don't think the Tuesday before Charlton. Didn't we have played... the Didn't we have the Papa John's game that week? Don, Doncaster was the week before, wasn't it? We didn't play back to back weeks in the Papa John's. It was Charlton? Absolutely. Then I think we play. I think it was it not Charlton, then Newcastle, then Ipswich, then. I'm just looking back. Uh, sorry, yeah. So it was Charlton, then Ipswich. You're right. Yeah. So we did have a break. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, for the last few games, it's been slightly Tuesday, pretty much constantly. I think you're right when you say that there's a there was an element of fatigue starting to settle in with with Vale and Accrington. But you know, we've we've got a little bit of a break from league action now. Um, although you know, will we see a bit of squad rotation in that? If you know, if the, if the opportunities are there. Um, I'd be very interested to see what happens on Saturday with regard to the squad. Um, but that you know, there are there are positives. We still haven't lost at home yet this season. Admittedly, yes, we have only won one. Um, but you know, I think some of the people saying that Kennedy needs to take a look at himself and all the rest of it, maybe not so we're much. Not going it's, there. It's we're not I know we're not going people's there. Opinions, I know we're not going there. I know we're not going there. But I think there's, there is there is a bit there, of over. You'll go in there. I think there's a bit of overreaction from from some, but uh, oh, well, okay. I must mute. I must have muted the right people. Probably so. Um, but what I, what I will say is, 
there are a group of people, and I'll name them. Don't mind naming them. And if you're listening, your name's about to get mentioned, uh, and not in a negative way. But there are a group of people, and I'm talking Craig Robertson, talking Marcus Clayson, talking Gav Andrews, who I disagreed with last season about Michael Appleton who they were very anti-Appleton and anti the football, and I was kind of happy to disagree with them, who are now kind of not not hugely positive, but they are positive about where we're going, and they can see it, and I respect yeah. that. Respect yeah. people whose opinion is not based on the fact we're losing, we must be shit. It's based on what they see, and if they interpret it differently, um, that's, that's good. And I, I put it in my article, I think, earlier that, the people that wanted Appleton out who are now saying that we're rubbish and boring, I begin to wonder how much I value their input. Steve Bowden, another one. Steve's kind of was, was quite anti-Appleton. I seem to think he's been quite positive about things recently. Mm-hmm. Um, people who, and, and I think we all know who we're talking about, who think that we're going to get the playoffs and beat Manchester City and sign Tyler Walker. <laughs> you know, with the greatest of respect, that's not an opinion either that I put a huge amount of, of, of respect yeah. behind. But people who on a game-to-game basis, are able to make sensible judgments, who are able to see the longer picture uh, and and who you know, were watching the same football and come to different conclusions. I, I, I respect that. And so I actually didn't have as much of an issue with the reaction yesterday because I know which ones to filter out now. Yeah, There's some yeah, names that I see their names, and I won't say those, but I see their names. I just think, I'm not going to read that. And it's not because I don't have respect for other people's opinions. It's because I know what it's going to be. Yeah. know what people are going to say. People were going to come away from that game last night. We drew against Accrington, not very good. But at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, we're still a work in progress. You know, I think that's the key thing for, for me is that we are, you know, the, the, the team is still a work in progress. The club is still a work in progress with, you know, with the new manager. And I think one of the youngest squads in the league, if not the youngest squad again. Is it? Well, Mark Kennedy says... One of the youngest transfer market disagrees and says that I think there are three or four that have got younger than us, but it's we've still got a young average age of um, across the squad. Look, we had seven shots on target yesterday. Yeah, uh, and and you know going back, that's that's more than we had against Newcastle. Uh, it's more you know, we only had eight on target against Bristol Rovers. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so I think it's the second highest. We had six on target when we beat Barnsley three 0 uh, yeah, so it's the it's it's the second most amount, second highest number of shots on target that we've had since we beat Crew on the final day of the season in in a game where we had ten on target, and people are saying we didn't create enough, and and when when they are on target, they're not all they're not wild hacks from anywhere. Like Charles Vernon forced a good save from the goalkeeper. Jamie Robson forced a good save from the goalkeeper. Um, I mean, the second one of Vernon's was a bit of a daisy cutter. Jack Diamond forced the save. Talking about half-decent chances, yeah. because we didn't win the game, everyone's moaning. Let me put it this way. Jack Diamond scores and we win 2-1. The reaction from those who are watching the score, not the game, is completely different. Yeah, um, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. It was, um... uh, and, but also, you said about the, the cup game, we take a break from the league. We do, um, but we play Bristol City on Tuesday. So, Chippenham Saturday, Bristol City Tuesday. Then I think it's Plymouth in the league, if I'm correct. Then yep. the week after that is the EFL Trophy, I think is the scheduled games for that. And then it's Morecambe. So, we now don't probably don't still don't get a Tuesday off until uh, 19th, 22nd-ish. Yeah, and then it's FA Cup again. 
I'll say it's FA Cup, and that's the if we get through. Um, and then, uh, do we get a break for the World Cup as well in League One? No, no, no World Cup break. Got the fixtures, or I had the fixtures in front of me. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm thinking that the FA Cup second round would be the twenty sixth of November, wouldn't it? Yeah, twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so actually, we play that week in between. We play on the next two Tuesdays as well. Um, if we get through in the FA Cup, we could we will play a minimum. Of, of four cup games if we get through in the FA Cup. Uh, mm. So we'll be the squad will be stretched, but at present, two league games in this month, I think, unless we've rearranged MK Dons and I haven't seen it. So come the 1st of December, by the time we're opening the advent calendars, whatever happens in this division, we won't be in the bottom four. Now, yeah, that might sound quite negative, but last season, at this stage, we lost at Crew, if I remember correctly. That was early November time, I think. Um, mm-hmm. We played away at Morecambe. We, we we were dallying with the bottom four. Um, and even if we were to pick up, heaven forbid, one point from, from Plymouth and Morecambe, and you would, would hope for three, two as a minimum, but even if to pick up one point, we'll still go into that December period in a decent position. Yeah. So there is plenty to be positive about. We're not going to be in the top ten. Uh, at the end of the season, if we finish where we are now, I'll be delighted, absolutely yeah. delighted with this with this season. So, yeah. But anyway, so, so we talked very about, much the same. So we talked about Chippenham Town. Indeed, I can uh, I can talk a little bit about Chippenham the town. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but but no, we, we, it's it's not a travel podcast. Um, yeah, uh, you you've well, you're going to speak to him in a bit, but by the magic of editing, um, we will put him in now. This is uh, is it Aaron Pullen from the Shedlin End? Oh, I can't believe one job, Ben. One. Do- oh, I sp- no, I've got one job. In fairness, <laughs> you have typed the Shedlin End. It's the Sheldon End, right? Sheldon oh, yeah. End. There we it's go. It's the Sheldon End. My apologies to Aaron for that. I have I've typed uh, the Shedlin End, and then I blamed Ben for it. So, Hang on, and I'm I know take, that I'm just going to take a screenshot of that. Ben edits out his fuck ups. No, I do um, not. Uh, do you not? No, I do not. Do you not? Do you want to talk about the Derby game again? Not really. No, exactly. So Ben edits out his fuck-ups. But mine, I will be... Yeah, I can see the sheepish look on his face now. I do not edit out all of my fuck-ups. No, some of them. Some of them, when they're they're particularly egregious. The the stupider ones. So if you're listening right now and you think Ben said something stupid, consider this. He's probably (laughs) said something stupider and taken it out himself. So if you think I give him a hard time, you don't see and hear what I... I haven't here. haven't tonight, and I don't think there's going to be much edited out tonight. No. So and with res- you've got to say, uh, I could have repeated what you said last week on the podcast, and I refrained from doing so. I don't know if you actually listen because I don't listen when I'm not on it. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't because it's not fair. Oh dear. Anyway, Stup- stupid is as stupid does. Uh, anyway, should we should we roll to Aaron? Yes, here's Aaron from the Sheldon End. Uh, so I am here with Aaron Pullen from the Sheldon End. Um, thank you for joining us. Not a problem. Happy to be here. Uh, so first of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. Yeah, so um, my name's Aaron Pullen. I run the Sheldon End Twitter account. Um, when I started it, not really sure what I wanted it to be, but kind of maybe a little bit of a fan focus on on the club that I think is the best club in the world, <laughs> Chippenham Town. Uh I've been supporting them, my old man tells me, since 
how I was one years old was my first game. It was an FA Cup game uh, in 1997. And uh, I suppose I never looked back slash never really had any other choice. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, that's my backstory. That, that's a proper fan as well. I love that. And I think even when you're, you're a Lincoln fan and some people say things like, and who else do you support? And I can yeah. almost tell from what you've said there, there isn't a who else with you, just like there isn't with us. Yeah, it's it's you go to so many games, and uh, you can you certainly get that question a lot, especially growing up in in school. And sometimes you might, in certain situations, just say another club to, <laughs> to make the conversations easier. But uh, no, deep down, it's always it's chipping them through and through. Wonderful. Uh, so tell us, uh, without being rude, of course, and um, just tell us a little bit about um, about Chippenham Town. Of course, yeah. So Chippenham Town, we were founded in 1873, which makes us the oldest football club in, in the west of England. Um, and we've been playing at our current ground, Hard Newish Park, or the Thornbury Surfacing Stadium, as it is for sponsorship terms. Uh, we've been playing there since 1919, so just over 100 years at, at our current ground. Um, we're, we're a slowly progressive club we've never been relegated in our history we've always climbed up up the order but always done it at a very snail's pace um our last promotion in 2017 took us 15 years to achieve and uh, ever since then it's always been a slow progression up from the regional leagues into the uh higher levels of the non-league pyramid and now we're in the uh, the second tier of that Wonderful. And and so how's your season kind of looking so far? How are you doing aside from the FA Cup? Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a, a mixed bag this season. We we come into the game on on Saturday sitting just one point above the relegation zone, but I'm not sure that necessarily sells the uh the full the full picture of, of how we've been this season. Um we've been from the very get go we've had some horrific luck with injuries and we've had a player collapse on the pitch three games in. He was one of our major signings this summer, a young lad from Bristol Rovers, and he had to be resuscitated. Uh, so it's all uh, that rocked quite a young team as it is already, uh, quite early into the season. Um, we've been pretty solid at home. Uh, unfortunately, in the league, hasn't quite replicated away from home. We're yet to win away this season, which is quite remarkable because last season... I think we only lost three away games in the league. Um, last year was a pretty good year for us, an unexpected year. Uh, was we, we made the National League South playoffs. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll go into that, a little bit about that when we chat about who our man is in the dugout because he is the kind of guy that steered us in there at the, at the very last attempt. But yeah, we're, we're, we're progressing on our own course. Um, we're, we're, we've got the building blocks in place and we're trying to, climb up the pyramid but we're doing it in our own time and trying to do it sustainably wonderful uh, just quickly it's, it's not on the questions i sent you but did you come up against charlie kendall last season when he was at eastbourne borough at all yes and i believe he scored against us uh i think they they beat us at home and we drew with them away and i think he scored in both games it sounds like Charlie, unfortunately, out on loan um, at the moment with, with Sutton, which feels like a waste. Um, so, yeah, tell us a, a little bit about your manager. Often the manager gets overlooked in conversations like this, but by the sounds of things, you, you've got a good man there. Yeah, Gary Horgan, uh, he's, I don't want to say he's a rookie manager because he's, he's had spells in management before, um, but he, he really is a bit of a cult hero around, around the ground. He, he first joined us 
way back in 2002 yeah, as, a, as a player. He had a th- three seasons with us uh, in our fledgling years in the Southern League Premier Division and then went on to around the local non-league circuit and eventually returned back in 2017 as a player coach and helped us get over the line and finally get promoted to National League South. Um, stayed with us for another season in a playing capacity and remained as a coach ever since then. I mean, he was in his uh, early 40s when he, when he was still playing for us in 2017-2018 and uh, he was probably the fittest player in the dressing room. Always gave his all in the Chippenham shirt and uh, now he's, he's giving his all in the dugout. Um, he came to be our manager with six games to go last season as our, our previous coach uh, resigned uh, just as, as things were starting to look a bit positive, he stepped away with six games to go of the season and Gary was, was handed the reins and he, he had a pretty you know impossible task. The, 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 the idea was to keep the dream alive and see if he could steer us into the playoffs last year. Six games to go and I think four or five of them were against the top eight. So, uh, and we were comfortably the team on the lowest budget as well in, in that playoff picture. And uh, he managed to do it on the last game of the season. We had to go to Haven and Waterlooville and we had to win. And they were occupying the final playoff place and, uh, and we went and done it. And then, um, unsure if you know how the National League playoff picture works nowadays, but it's uh, eliminator, semi-final and final. Yeah. Uh, we had Dartford away on a Thursday night in the Eliminator, took them all the way to penalties and beat them on penalties. And then Sunday, we had Ebbsfleet away. So most of our lads, West Country based, some lived in Bristol, didn't get back until 3, 4 a.m. on the Friday. And then they had to get themselves up again for Sunday to get to the same part of the world against the only professional team in the division. And even them still, we took them to extra time and... Uh, Sadly, bowed out uh, 1-0 after uh, 120 minutes. So uh, he really cemented his, his cult hero status then um, in terms of guiding this side of plucky underdogs to the to our best ever league finish in our history. Brilliant. And, and as I understand it, you've been to the... Now, do correct me if I'm wrong. been to the FA Cup first round a couple of times over the past few years. I think Worcester possibly beat you on yes. that occasion. Uh, Northampton, the other? It was. And there's one other as well. I'll oh, forgive okay. you for not knowing this because it was back in the, the yeah, mid-1950s, I think. Yeah. It was a fair old whack ago and that was against Leighton. Um, not to be confused with Leighton Orient. But uh, yeah, so this will be our fourth first round uh, appearance. And uh, we've never progressed any further, um, which... Again, the odds will probably be very stacked against us this weekend, but uh, I think the aim will be to put in a better showing than we did against Northampton uh, back in 2019. I think the occasion got the better of us that day. Um, again, and we were we were three 0 down within the first half, and that's how it finished. I think Northampton credit to them; they brought a full strength team, and uh, they were professional. And I think our players kind of played the occasion more than the game and uh, our manager was in the coaching staff that day a few of our players are still retained from that squad and uh, hopefully we can take a few lessons in from that into into Saturday. 
Uh, and what was your initial thought when um, a home tie against Lincoln City came out of the bag? I, I think as as good as you can get, really. It's uh, you, you you want to play these bigger teams at home in the FA Cup, um, and you guys are a mid-table League One team. That you're the highest level team we've ever played in our history, and uh, in in competitive football, played higher in preseason friendlies, but. Uh, yeah, I think you want to match yourself against these bigger teams, these these league sides, and uh, given some of the teams that are in the draw that you want to potentially avoid when you're a non-league club, you know, no, not to discredit Murford Town, but if you get to the first round proper, you don't want to be going to Murford away, um, <laughs> as I know, I think Buxton have got uh, in the first round. So yeah, to get a, a league tie, a league club, league one club at home, can't say uh, fairer than that. It's just maybe a little bit of a shame that there's quite a few good ties in this round that we maybe avoided t- the TV pick this time. But uh, I suppose maybe that's another motivation Gary can take into the team is make the TV company try and regret their decision of uh, not putting us on, on prime time. Brilliant. And, and what sort of approach do you think you'll take to the game kind of tactically and, and just the way you, you sort of go at it? I think as I alluded to, I think the aim will be not to do what we did three years ago, which was just completely sink into the occasion. I think we played too defensively and allowed Northampton just to play their natural game, uh, and, and they overran us. I think we hope, I hope to see us go into it with our. We try and play an attacking style, a, a passing style. I think that's kind of common now at this level of football. I think the National League and National League South has really moved on in the past five, ten years, as I suppose the professionalism of English football has progressed. It's, it's going to trickle down all the way through and very rarely do you see these big, bulky sides that just try and bully you off the ball. Uh, they all, they, Everyone tries to play football now at this level and hopefully we can we can give that a go on, on Saturday and and see what comes. Uh, we've had a bit of a difficult run outside of the Cup, as I, as I mentioned, but uh, who knows, it's Cup football and, and anything can happen on the day. Cause, uh, was it Concord Rangers you played? Recently. Yes, Saturday, it I think. was Saturday, and we uh, we lost three one, one nil down at half time. Got ourselves back into it, and then a couple of late sloppy goals as we were chasing the game uh, cost us that day. Uh, and finally, so any what sort of players should we be looking out for? What names? Who who are the the big boys for you? Absolutely. So the the name that would uh, leap off the team sheet, especially in terms of Chipman fans' eyes, would be Jordan Young. He's our uh, He's a striker, but he often likes to sit behind the the main front line. And uh, he came in at the start of this year as a Chipman boy. He grew up in the town and uh, was part of the Swindon Town Academy, graduated into the first team briefly and was picked up by Coventry. But injuries, as is so often the case with players at this level, uh, is what cost them maybe a more serious professional football career. Uh, but now he's back at, back at his hometown club and... Uh, on his day, he he can be absolutely unplayable. He he likes to drop deep. He likes to find space, and he will. I'm sure, as your coaching staff will have already have picked up if they've done their homework, he will shoot from anywhere. I think he scored twice from 40 yards last season, and uh, he's he's a real live wire as well. Um, a recent signing who picked up an injury two three games in. Uh, it was Craig Fassenmade. Uh He's a he's a quick striker, and we brought him in, and that. I think him and him and Jordan Young really work well together because Craig sits at the top 
if he's fit and uh, allows Jordan just to do all the dirty work in the middle of the field and, and drop deep and try and win the ball a lot. Uh, we have a pretty strong defensive unit. We haven't scored many goals this season, but we haven't conceded many either. Um, however, there's a, there's a little bit of uh, worries about suspensions at the moment after uh, an incident that happened in the, the replay of the fourth qualifying round. Um, as a few Hendon players were a little bit disappointed, I think, to get knocked out. And uh, there was a little bit of a fisticuffs on the pitch post, post-match. post And uh, unfortunately, the referee, there's uh, Will Tizard, who's on loan from Southampton. Um, as he went in to be a peacemaker, I think the referee saw him as, as maybe getting involved a bit too much and showed him a red card. And as we post, or as we had our game uh, on Tuesday night postponed, I think it, it means his third game of his free match ban will be Saturday, which is unfortunate for him. Uh, we have brought in cover. We brought in uh, a lad from Swindon who we had on loan last season, uh, Harrison Minturn. And uh, he, after joining us on loan last season, he went back to Swindon and started making first team appearances. So he is of, of good quality. And uh, one more player that I like to highlight, as I don't think he gets a lot of credit because uh, he really does the dirty work in the middle of the field, is uh, Luke Russ. He's ex-Bristol Rovers Academy, and he's uh, just a little terrier defensive midfielder. He'll be nipping at every pl- visiting player's ankles within the first five minutes, uh, and uh, he'll cover every blade of grass, and I think he's a, a real asset to the, to our team. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for your insight. It's really, really appreciated. Um I would wish you luck, uh, but I hope that you... Uh, <laughs> it, it would be crass for me to say so. Um, I, look, I hope it's a great day. From a Lincoln City Pat fan's point of view, it's just the type of draw we wanted, and that's not in terms of a, a non-league team. We think we can win against it's uh, a team that we've been non-league recently, only one step above you, and, and you know we know what these days mean. So hopefully it's a good day. Hopefully it shifts some focus onto Chippenham Town. Hopefully it's not too much focus that you're on yeah. telly in the second round. Um, but obviously, You guys did to a fair few sides a few seasons ago. We did. And we've been on the receiving end of it a few times as well. So um, hopefully we get a good game. And then obviously I wish you absolutely all the best uh, for the future as well. Fingers crossed. It's, a, it's an enjoyable afternoon and uh, all your fans that are travelling down, hopefully the weather stays clear because obviously we don't really have too much covered terrace for you guys up in the the way end at the top of our slope but yeah it's hopefully it'll be a day to remember and I think for the clubs at our level that have made it through it's probably reward for what has been a difficult two and a half years during Covid where we had uh, a season uh, curtailed and then we tried to start a season behind closed doors with the promise of money which disappeared and we were playing you know digging into our owners' pockets. So hopefully for for the people that have kept our club alive almost during those two and a half years, it's a day that they can uh, enjoy. And who knows, they might get another 41 grand come Monday morning that uh, can uh, help towards covering those costs a little bit more. But again, at the end of the day, I think almost the football match is a little bit sec- secondary in a, in a, on an occasion like this. Uh, hopefully it's a enjoyable game, a good show and of the 2,000 Chipman fans that don't usually come to games, hopefully they enjoy it and want to come back again. Lovely. Thank you very much, Aaron. Not a problem. And there we go. Thanks to Aaron. Unfortunately, 
I can't really give too much insight, and neither can Gary, as to what was said, because uh, the chat hasn't yet happened. So, um, yeah, it, it feels a bit strange going into this weekend because, I mean, we don't know what to expect, do we? It's uh, the, the photos of the ground. It's, you know, I've sort of been past, walked past the ground before. It's it's a non-league ground, as an, you know, as, as much of a non-league ground as you're going to get. Um, and without wanting to sound you know, arrogant or big-headed, it, it does feel it's a little bit like their cup final. They're through to the first round of the FA Cup. They've got a League One team. Um, and it should hopefully be a decent weekend for them. But, you know, ultimately not too decent. Yeah, I think it's disappointing. The ticket sales, as we were talking, I think we'd, we'd not sold yep. out our allocation. It, it's a shame because obviously I'm going to Germany. I would love to have gone. It's mm. the sort of guy. I love the, those kind of... Uh, unknown grounds and that sort of thing in the FA Cup. Um, I think, yeah, I think having two home games afterwards, uh, potentially an EFL Cup game, the cost of living with Chippenham, you know, it's not like you're jumping across somewhere in the Midlands. It's a big journey down there. I think, yeah. I think it's a shame. It's still more than Accrington um, brought to us. Uh, and I'd still respect to those 45, but you know, oh, we'll still take a few hundred down to Chippenham. It would just, I, yeah, I'll feel for them if it isn't a sellout. Yeah, that'll be disappointing. And and you know, had they got a big League One club, and that's with respect to us, had they got a Sheffield Wednesday or a Charlton or something like that, or an Ipswich or a Bolton, all those tickets would have been sold. So it's a decent draw, but it's probably not the best draw they could have hoped for. Whatever we think, we'll not not be arrogant about that. You say we don't know what to expect. We haven't got Aaron's insight just yet. Um, I'd guess it will go something along the lines of keep it tight, try and nick a goal, get in our faces, make it difficult for us, all that sort of thing. Because that's the, the kind of the non-league way. So, um, yeah, best of luck to uh, us on Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah, people will say, yeah, good luck to them and all that sort of thing. I, I don't think that it was like with Bowers and Pitsy. The, the build-up was brilliant with Bowers. Then I just wanted to, to fuck them up for 90 minutes. Uh, and then afterwards we could be nice about it all again. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's hopefully a good day for Chippenham. They don't get to this round very often. They are at their highest arc, I think, um, in their history from, from the research that I've done. So it'll just be a tough game. We've just got to go there and be professional. Absolutely. So, um, so there we go. And then obviously um, I'm just aware that we are sort of getting over the time that we, uh, we said we'd potentially get to, um, but you know, we've got Bristol city on Tuesday in the, uh, in the league cup. So um, for those that are, I think I said this last week for those that are, you know, every single away game, it's, uh, it's not too far from Chippenham. So if you stay over for a couple of days, you'll be all right. Um, but that's, I think that's probably going to be a, a obviously a bigger challenge um we'll see what we can do there uh, and i know we don't normally like to preview tuesday games before the saturday games happened um but i think we were planning on doing that for the reasons of time tonight but i think the reasons of time have uh, have disintegrated a little bit yeah um, all i'd say is I, I i don't think we'll go there and get anything but it's the no. sort of game it, it'll be frustrating because they may, you know, they're 14th in the championship at the minute. They've got players who we've come up against. They've got Antoine Semenyo, I think his name is. He was at Newport County for a while. He was a good, good player as well. We were linked with him on loan. Well, um, I think they've got, uh, is it Weinman, Andres Weinman, who was at Derby County? You know, they, they've got a decent side. They may decide to rest some players. Um Having come through Chippenham, where you may feel that one or two of our senior players might not have had a run out, again and, and and we probably won't go three at the back 
So I could see it being another strong defensive performance. It's the sort of game, actually, the way that we've been playing will be very frustrating. And if we go there and we keep it tight for 20, 25 minutes and it's still nil-nil, we might get that half chance. What we need is one or two of these injured players back around mm-hmm. the squad. I haven't heard a lot about how long Donny Mandrew's out for, but it'd be nice to see him back on the bench. It'd be nice to see Jacob Davenport get a solid run out to prove his worth to the side. Um, mm-hmm. I know Ted Bishop was relatively close. You've got to get... You talk about creative players, Danny Mandrew, Ted Bishop, um, Tashan Oakley-Booth, and then, and then Tom Hopper as well. Players that would be troubling the forward line. And to keep mm-hmm. playing Saturday, Tuesday, the injury list is only likely to get exasperated rather than improved through yep. no fault of our own. We're having a bit yep. of a cup run in both cups. Um People might say it would have been better to have gone out the EFL trophy, but they wouldn't have said that. And I know not the the, the League Cup, I mean, the, the Mickey Mouse one, the, the Peaks one. Um, but you've got to play every game as it comes. So hopefully, hopefully, the best that we can hope for really is go down to Bristol City, keep it a draw, win on penalties, uh, and not yeah. pick up any injuries. But you know, if we go out, we go out. It's still been a decent run in the competition. Absolutely. Um, and I think, obviously, you mentioned injuries there. It's something that we forgot to pick up on on the Atkinson game. Um, Carl Rushworth went off. It sounds like that might not be quite as serious as was first thought. Um, I know he, I think it was a concussion, um, suspected concussion that he came off with. And I don't, I think that's been confirmed not to be the case now. That's what Mark um, said after the game, that it wasn't the case. So. Right. Okay. There we go then. So, um, so yeah, hopefully, um, you know, Carl will be back on, on Saturday, um, even though I think. Jordan Wright possibly, you know, did a did a decent enough job coming in, but that's um, that's that's the weekend, and then again Tuesday night. So there is only one thing really that I've got down on my list left to talk about, and that is to congratulate you on uh, on running on Sunday for for ten k um, and raising. An awful lot of money for the Lincoln City Foundation. Um, so you know, well done, mate. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, you. I think I texted you afterwards and said, "I bet you're well chuffed with it." So, yeah, I think yeah, it was. Um, so obviously, Rob Bradley was involved as well. So he had a push that helped reach a total of around thirteen hundred quid. I think I found That's out last stuff. night that uh, another lad called uh, Daniel, I believe, who I don't know personally, um, was inspired by my blog apparently to run the 10k uh, for the foundation and raised 250 odd quid as well um, Excellent stuff. on his own back, which is brilliant. I, I, I don't, I don't know him. That was quite nice to to see. I saw an email that was sent into Martin Hickerton at the, uh, at the foundation. So yeah, it was good fun. I've signed up again. For, well, I said it was good fun. I mean, running for, for 57 minutes um, is not good fun, um, but it's, yeah, it's weird. People always say when you run, like I started running and they always go like, oh, it's better running with people. And I thought nothing's better with, with other people. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think from, of maybe one thing. Uh, at least uh, one other person. Yeah, yeah, at least one other person. Like you've ever had it with two people. Um, <laughs> don't pull that face. You haven't. Porn doesn't count. Um, anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, um, but it was actually good um, because you kind of – I have a normal pace that I run. And, like, I was running – and I've played racing games. I'm going to go into your territory now, video games. Um, So I've played racing games. And, you know, like when you've got a racing game on easy or something and you're just overtaking cars and it feels brilliant every time you do. It was like that. I I was running and 
there was people to overtake and normally I would keep one pace but I got level with these people thinking right I'm having you and uh, <laughs> I was kind of <laughs> up in my pace a little bit to go past and then it's like you know if you overtake somebody on a motorway and five minutes later they come streaming past you giving it a big <laughs> I was thinking right now I've got to keep this pace up because I don't want like I don't know bloody joggy mcjogger behind me to come running past me in a minute like what the fuck what are you overtaking me for no bad I'm keeping a pace so it really did kind of push me on a little bit uh and at one point, so I'll tell you about my mate, John Challen, the, the guy, the Mac guy. So yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, got the Mac. And I literally messaged him and put, how do you know if someone's got a Mac? And he messaged me back with, they tell you. And I just sent him a picture of the Mac sat on the, the top. And he, he was like, oh, I see you running the 10K on Saturday. I'm running it as well. Literally walked up to Yarborough, went to the urinals to empty out before my run, stood there. And he's just stood across from me. And he's like, all right. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> so we went to the start line together and he's like, oh, I'm aiming for 58 minutes. I thought, I'm aiming for 58 minutes. I'm going to beat John. Um, so I set off and I got past him and I've overtaken him and I've gone on and I'm thinking, I've beaten John. And I'm running for a, it's got to be, I'm very nice, 6.2 miles. It's got to be three miles I've run. And I, I must have put loads of gap between John. And I, I briefly, I thought, oh, God, I'm just going to literally stop for five seconds, catch my breath. It was the only walk I did. So I stopped to catch my breath, three seconds on the back of my head. Come on, jog on. And there was John. He must have been <laughs> literally been behind me the whole time. And I never got near it. I didn't get near him after that. And he finished about 25 seconds ahead of me, I think. But it's just... Um, yeah, See, I love motivation. I love how uh, how you said that people have told you, oh, running with people, running with other people is brilliant, and it's like to me that sort of says, oh yeah, you know, you've got the sense of community, everyone's doing it together to for, to raise money for good causes and all the rest of it, and you're just like, no, nah, I'm going to fucking beat everyone. That's yeah, how it yeah, goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's motivated me to run, and people have their own have their own motivation, and it's like I started doing it for obviously for health reasons, and once I got to run a five k, it was only about beating myself. I get a time, and it's like if I go out and I'm just running for no reason, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go, oh, I'm going to go and run 5K for no reason. I, that's why I've got a watch, and I'm on Strava, and do you know what I mean? I'm going to try and mm. beat my time every time. It's, it's like racing your own ghost on Mario Kart. So then when you're racing in an actual race and there's 2,000 other people, it's like, well, actually, no. For, for, for the next 100 yards, I'm racing like that geezer in the hat, and then, oh, brilliant, I've beaten him. Now I'm a racing. And so you kind of, do you know what I mean? And mm. I think had there not been con congestion at the start, I might have even gone a little bit quicker so but yeah um running is apparently good um so who would have thought that a year ago uh when i you know i i, I use the joke i struggled to run a bath and i didn't because i love baths um but i <laughs> you know what, i couldn't i'd never have run and now i've signed up for the 10k next year and there's talk of a, a half marathon which um sounds an awful long way but that might there's be. a reason for that it's because it is yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, but that might be something that I consider after the wedding next year. Uh, but I won't be troubling people for charity. I'm not going to be a serial money collector. Um, but it was nice to raise, on a serious note, it's nice to raise the money for the foundation. Martin came and found me and thanked me last night. Uh, and I got some messages off, um, likes of Alice, uh, Carter, and the um, foundation as well. So that was really nice. And they'll put the money to, to good use, as they always do. Yeah, you know, as I say, cracking stuff, mate. As um, uh, as as one fat folk to a former fat folk, it's uh, you've done extremely well, and um, I I need to I need to find the motivation to do it myself. You will, you will. Mate. And um, if anyone can hear a noise in the background, it's my dog cleaning his arsehole. Brilliant. 
Brilliant. I mean, I can't hear that, but you're about to show me it. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't pull the camera much further. I can't actually get the camera. All I'm, the way I'm actually all right with that, Gary. Believe he's, he's it or not, he's kind of down there. Can I <laughs> shine a light on him as well? Um, Brilliant. No. Um, so no, I think that's probably about it. The only other thing that I would say um, is if you do have a, a even a passing interest in uh, in video games, um, I would really, really appreciate it if you took a look on my Twitter and uh, checked out my content for uh, God of War Ragnarok, which is coming out uh, next week. I've been I'd had early access to it, got to play it and got to review it. I've done two videos. One of the videos has, has quite possibly... They're not on your Twitter. Eh? They're not on your Twitter. Not yet. They will be when the t- by the time this oh, goes well, out. Well, tell me to do it now, then. I'm not telling you. I'm telling the people that are listening. Oh, um, they, forget people you know, they, listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, the, the content will be up um, four o'clock on Thursday. So if I put this out Thursday, it'll be later on. If I put it out Friday, it'll be... Uh, It'll be yesterday, but yeah, I've spent an awful lot of time on it, and the videos, one of them in particular, I'm, I've spent more time on than than I probably should have done. Um, but hopefully, it'll uh, it'll do quite well for us, and um, you know, get a few views. And Sorry, now, I, I, I think you're hypnotised. Got... You're hypnotised by Charlie, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's he's got. I think he's moved on to his feet now. Okay, so that's Fair good. Enough. Good, excellent. So there we go. Um, but that's going to do us. If you are at Chipnam on Saturday, come and say hello. Um, and as always, tell them about the podcast, get subscribed, and uh, up the imps. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.